what's up welcome to the kickback project episode 15 bradley is laughing for no reason i just i'm happy that you know anyone could open the podcast and just get laughed at it's not just me that's good that's good oh my gosh oh my god you're nobody's responded in a minute to your help wanted post there but we're looking for your replacements anyway i'm javon i'm bradley i'm gabe and today we have a guest with us you want to go ahead and introduce yourself hey guys i'm tara i like to go by tara faye so that's my thing great (laughs) such a huge fan such a huge fan of the miss tara faye um is here with us today we are so Mm -hmm. lucky um to have you on our what is this 15th episode of the Mm -hmm. kickback project um you're our first guest you're our second guest our first female guest, which is like right on time for Women's History Month. Yes, so that's you're true. making history time, today with time. us. Very exciting. Yes. We're I, excited. I also knew it was Women's History Month. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Wow. <laughs> Stay with Javon. Yeah. Stay with. Uh, but today's episode is titled Mona Lisa. That's right. Today we are wow. going to be talking about art and self expression. Gabe knows nothing about art. Um, <laughs> I'm just smiling and nodding. Like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> um, but let's start it off with I want to say, what is art to you? What is art? What do you consider art? Dun dun dun. Ladies first. <laughs> I mean, it's subjective. So mm-hmm. I mean, anything from you know using media to create down to you know hairstyling i think there's artistic components to how you cut hair how you style it um so i think there's a broad range of what we could consider art mm-hmm. definitely yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff out there like it's a huge it's a huge question since like i think that people have access to so many different tools like in the modern age like like you said like there's all sorts of ways you can express yourself and now like those tools are a really inexpensive you know relatively you know and you can mm-hmm. shop. yeah <laughs> i mean you could you can download photoshop <laughs> you don't have to tell them you know <laughs> okay but we're not supporting uh <laughs> stealing <laughs> lord jesus i think um i agree with you that art is subjective um but i do think art is birthed out of a certain like out of certain components like birth out of creativity birth out of love birth out of passion mm-hmm. um art isn't like your you know like you like you said there's art in so many different things but art isn't like your everyday like sweatpants and uggs you know art isn't like <laughs> your like starbucks coffee no offense as i see okay. you the logo <laughs> the logo's very artistic but like there's there's something about like taking something like taking the things that you care about mm-hmm. and putting them out there in a specific arrangement that gives birth to art um which then is shown in oh the way that you carefully thought together your outfit is mm-hmm. art or the way that you you know arrange things in a photo and post it to Instagram yeah. however basic yeah. you want that to be it's still going to be considered art because it's something that you put some type of care into in order to produce mm-hmm. it so man some people's instagrams are just really works of art i'm just like you are on a different level like, yeah what? Like, the, the, the carefully curated instagrams i'm like so envious because yeah. mine is just kind of all over the place and it's i've heard 
so many times like you know your Instagram is your resume and this is what people will check for mm -hmm. and for good or bad I have a lot of uh, I would say reputable people in the arts who follow me mm -hmm. and I'm always paranoid like yo I'm just one meme away from them unfollowing <laughs> like yeah. when is the it gonna happen are serious yeah it's like it's like it's weird because you'll scroll through Instagram and if you follow the those types of really curated people really like you know Instagram like trying hard and then you follow like, normal people it's like super aesthetic Someone screenshot of their phone, like yeah. <laughs> someone's wow. Finsta. You know, like, <laughs> somebody's. Why are you following Finsta? You're 23 years old following somebody's Finsta. What's it was just an you? example. It was yeah, just an I example. bet. Tara, you talked a little bit about um, reputable people in the arts community following you. Can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about like what you do? Um, why these people are following you? What's up? You know, um, why aren't they following me? <laughs> <laughs> well, they they probably wouldn't call themselves reputable because most of the people I know, even locally, like they're all incredible and very humble um, and would hate that I'm hyping them up to this degree. <laughs> but um, it's because I, I value the relationships that I've cultivated here. And, you know, I do consider these organic relationships. But at the same time, these are people doing incredible things. And, you know, I think that they deserve recognition. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I primarily do independent curation and I've been doing conceptual performance art for the past two or three years. Um, so it's still kind of new. Right, I haven't yeah. done a ton of performances, but I've, I've done some notable ones that were important to me. What are, um, what are those performances? So I, I staged a hair braiding at the Carnegie Museum as part of a third Thursday event with a local collective of uh, some femme identifying um, people who work in sound music. Um, it's it's a pretty vast collective. There there are organizers, um, and there are people like me who just you know kind of curate their performers. But um, yeah, a good friend of mine, Lauren, sort of leads the collective, and she invited me to be a part of this third Thursday event, and it aligns with um, a favorite artist of mine doing a show at the Forum Gallery at the Carnegie Museum. Um, so it was actually Lauren's idea. She's like, you should do something in the Forum Gallery since you love her work. Mm -hmm. the, her, the artist is named uh, Deanna Lawson. She does really incredible um, black contemporary photography. And I've, I've followed her work for years. And it was a dream come true when she came to Pittsburgh. And I, I got to meet her and connect with her. And I, access, I, I got to tell her about the performance. And she gave me her blessing. So that was <laughs> unbelievable. I, I never imagined that would be happening to me. But yeah, we, we staged hair braiding in the Forum Gallery. And uh, the, the deeper context was, you know, taking up space as women of color um who you know that space was not created for us and we staged something that's an integral part of um the black experience and you you know coming of age and coming into black womanhood and um it was it was really intimate um and i think you know the idea of us being there and we made ourselves belong and in turn there were people who i could tell felt like you know it was so intimate that maybe they should you know fall back or the space wasn't meant for them and that was the whole idea it really felt as though we made that space our own and to see the apprehension from you know a, a predominantly white audience and and knowing like this is something that's for us and y'all can watch but you know yeah. keep mm -hmm. your distance yeah. it was it was dope and it, it was very yeah. affirming for for me and my practice um 
And yeah, I think that's the most noteworthy thing I've done. I had something relatively recently uh, for Erotica Night, which is a fundraiser for Bunker Projects. I'm on the board now, and it's an experimental gallery and residency space. We're one of the only artist residencies in Pittsburgh. And that is to say artists can apply for a residency. Mm -hmm. They can travel here, um, work here, and then exhibit at Bunker. And it usually aligns with like a first Friday. Um, So it's great that Pittsburgh has that. And we do this fundraiser because we are a nonprofit space. So I staged something called Imprint Me, and the whole idea was um, about non-people of color engaging with the black body in a predominantly white space. And the deeper context for that was um, consent because that's like really important right now. And, you know, we're talking about consent, we're talking about, you know, who's allowed to engage. So people got to ask permission, and if I gave them the okay, they were able to like imprint me with ink. But I don't don't know, I don't (laughs) think it went over too well because I think it was maybe too conceptual for Erotica Night, because there were a lot of like really dope performances and mine is just kind of like, I don't get this. Yeah, I guess guess, my question would be like, just looking at Pittsburgh as a city in general, were they like, are they like receptive to these kind of things? Like what's going on in the art community in Pittsburgh? So performance art, especially conceptual performance art is like this more obscure facet of mm-hmm. art in the city and there's there is space for it and I've met phenomenal performers but black performance is definitely rare yeah um, so I'm, I'm kind of on my own in terms of <laughs> figuring out uh, what spaces are ideal for this caliber of engagement um, when I tell people about my work sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't <laughs> but I, I haven't staged anything publicly because it's like introducing something so new and unknown yeah. to Pittsburgh like it's yeah. a risk yeah and, so. and and then and then you run the risk of it being so conceptual that it you know mixes your message yeah you know, and I don't I don't want my work to go over people's yeah. heads of course so of that's course. a concern yeah. I felt that yeah. I think it's so interesting you bring up uh, the concept of using art for message like using art for you know social commentary mm-hmm. do you guys see like that being like more popular in today's mm-hmm. society you like you said we are going through so many different movements as a society that art is being used as i don't want to say like a weapon but as a tool yeah. to communicate oh, so yeah, i want to yeah. like what are you all thoughts on that uh, on a really basic level it's social media right it's like getting your voice heard um either that's on twitter or like through like a blog post or like long form like written content i really think like that's the really accessible thing that people have and like even like you know commenting on something and giving your take on it you can i've seen some people do a lot of like really good things you know or bring up some points that i didn't think about just through writing something you know on the internet and so seeing that definitely is something that I think it's a good place to start if you're trying to get your voice heard about a message and it, you know, then it can go to like something more, you know, tangible or maybe something more like artistic, you know, something like that. I definitely think it's a, it's like a thing that is present, but I think that for a while now it's been kind of uh, like overlooked. Like I feel like in, especially in the United States, just so many art programs being cut or like losing funding and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. There have just been years now where there are a lot of kids who haven't had the opportunity to express themselves through art Mm -hmm. or even know what that really is like. And so I feel like it's almost kind of like a revolt. Like there are people in in this world who are like, you know, I'm an artist. I'm going to express myself through art. And sometimes it's just like 
you know, everyone's not going to like it, but you're going to you're going to see it. You're going to you're going to feel this because this is how I feel and this is how the world should be. And I think that, you know, that stuff has to keep being pushed like people are not always going to like it. Uh, but you're you have your freedom to your form of expression. And art is such a powerful thing in this world that I think that, you know, it's something that's going to keep pushing and hopefully, you know, be strong. Mm-hmm. I think art has given everybody a way to create their own space. You talk about the power of self-expression and you talk about the power of um, how utilizing art makes a makes room for other people to come in and, and express themselves too. I think it's so powerful. You talk about the work that you've done and how it's given um, a stage to ideas and concepts that people haven't really thought about, um, which art should always make you think, right? Art should always be like that powerful tool of getting people to feel a certain way or, mm-hmm. or think a certain thing. Um, and then it goes back to your whole concept of art being subjective, how, you know, people interpret different things from your art, but you want to gauge it around a certain area so that they take something important mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. Um, and that's been seen with like a lot of like, um, I think specifically of the 2016 election, how powerful a tool of art was to express people's mm-hmm. anger, um, and the different things that people talked about. Yeah, I remember all the different random like Donald Trump statues that popped up that people yeah. were, and how they yeah. use art in that way to really drive home the message that yeah. we're not happy. Yeah, for sure. You know, and th- there was a very specific <laughs> message conveyed there, but people yeah. were also able to be like. You know what do I take from this? Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, I feel like that's a good place to take a break, real quick. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about art in different industries and just uh, how we see different perspectives and things like that. Be sure to listen to Devon's newest single, "Purge." Search up XXL Purge on Spotify, Apple Music, or SoundCloud to find it, or follow him on Instagram at XXL The Rapper. The Kickback Project is made possible by Anchor the easiest way to start a podcast ever. Record or upload high-quality audio, post unlimited episodes, and distribute everywhere with just one click. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, there's never been a better way to podcast. Sign up for free at anchor.fm or get it on the App Store or Google Play. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, we are here. First of all, stop laughing at me. Gosh. This is the like. This is like the. I don't the, sound the as relaxed. Bad as Gabe does. This is you the relaxed. You're, like Gabe will always come in and he'll be like, "Oh, what's up, guys?" You know. But you're like, hey, I'm trying to be in. The, I'm here. In like, the let's go. Of, like, let's I don't want to seem too anxious or like alone. I really care. This is like, his art. Go ahead, express it. Go ahead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Uh, we are talking about art, and uh, let's just jump back into the conversation. What do you guys think about art in different industries? Like, what stands out to you? What's big? What's happening? Mm. Kanye fashion. Art. No, we, oh. no, we, we <laughs> didn't have even... to take it there. <laughs> For what? Or not. For what was the reason? What was the reason? I'll just, I'll just leave. <laughs> I mean, Gabe, we talk about Kanye's shoes, not necessarily uh-huh. the clothes. Okay, fair. Uh, movies or art? That's good movies. You know, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's some one that I follow. It's like film, you know. I feel like there's some some really like some really good stuff out there that kind of pushes the boundaries, especially um, you know if you have a favorite director, of people that you follow, Michael Bay. Okay. Michael Bay. I'm yes. joking. <laughs> what what oh, was the reason? The yeah. art of explosion. Yeah, the 23rd explosion <laughs> at minute 52 in <laughs> the, at second 52. <laughs> the, the 23rd at the, explosion in the opening at credits. Second. 
Um, I'm not super big into fashion. Not because like I don't like it, I just don't get it. Um, but I feel like the the industry that I look forward to look for art in is music. You know, mm-hmm. art and music is a big thing to me, and I think that over the years it has gotten like even bigger. Yeah. And even though I'm not the biggest fan, Bradley, Beyonce is just like the we truth know. when it we comes know. to it. We know. I mean, we know. it's just a, it's just another level. Like, and I think that like. You know, it's 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 not a bad like I think it's a thing that people can look at and be inspired by and do more with. Mm-hmm. Like Gabe, you're talking about like movies. Like Beyonce is making movies, like legit yeah. making movies, yeah. and and <laughs> just like the things they do, everything. like her and Solange, like just the things they do with how they yeah. put out their music and you know buying Black Planet and doing all these things. I like, appreciate you shouting out Solange because yeah. she's she gives us visuals, Shout like out really Solange. conceptual. Shout visuals. out BlackPlanet.com. Her visuals are stunning. I love the work that yeah. she it's did unnecessary. with the Guggenheim. She's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the, uh, even being creative enough to go by Mike Jones' number, <laughs> like she's just doing everything. I mean, and not only is she giving us visuals in her music videos, but she also curates exhibits and puts on performances like mm-hmm. all across the country of yeah. doing different things, like these exclusive like like Solange moments where yeah. she's putting together these architectural structures and doing these like yeah. super choreographed like performance it's pieces. It's like the creation of an experience. You know, it's like yeah. goes so much beyond. Yeah. She's yeah. so good it's that, that whole Knowles, Carter, fam, they're just, they're on a different <laughs> level. Like, I mean, Jay-Z Beyonce is, Jay-Z Jay-Z is rapping in the, the yeah, museum. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, just stuff that like other people are not even thinking about. They're, they're there. And I, I love that stuff. Tara, you got anything yeah. for us? Um, I think art and fashion is is definitely a thing right now um i'm not sure how i feel about it because i i think <laughs> i think certain aspects of the art and fashion sort of combining are are overdone like i'm i'm tired of seeing you know keith herring and basquiat reproductions on apparel i think we can dead that and you know i'm i'm huge fans of both of those artists, mm-hmm. uh, Jean Michel in particular. I mean, he's nobody's touching him. Even you know, if we look at more current contemporary artists, like we're still exploring and learning things about his work, and he's been gone for you know a very long time. But um, I I think in terms of looking at apparel, you know, as art pieces, that's important. Um, yeah, the modern art fashion movement. Yeah. We have things like the Met Gala, mm-hmm. which I will be at one day. You yeah. mark my words. I'm wearing, be a, at the Met wearing Gala. a suit full of bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you like you get an opportunity to see where where art and fashion meet, and you get to see like c- couture is like reachable. You know, you get to see it. Like you get to follow the process of yeah. how it's put together, how it's made, mm-hmm. who's wearing it, and why, and the and the work behind it, and the the statements that they're going for, I totally agree that like there is a space for fashion and art to meet that doesn't have to be something that's done like a million times. There's so much art to be created yeah. in fashion, which is why like we talk about like the Gucci mess and the Prada mess that's yeah. happened and the Burberry mess that's yeah. just recently happened. I burned all my Gucci. 
<laughs> oh, what, you're like what? Your one pair of Gucci flip flops? Well, there were so many. Yeah, they're okay. All your fake Gucci belt. I'm sorry, you don't know because they're gone. <laughs> oh, they're burned, okay. but there was so much. But like, you look at all that, you're like, there's so many things that you could do. Um, there's people like, um, like Ballman who's had just had their couture show and they like really great conceptual pieces. Um, all these fashion weeks, all these ideas, so, all these creative processes, and yeah. So, Bradley, what you're proposing is Pittsburgh Fashion Week. It exists. It's a, it's a thing. Oh yeah. my god, no, it's, it's a thing. Stupid. What's yeah. it like? <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. Oh my god, I mean, segue. you're fired. So, just, yeah. just, just a lot of Thrasher t-shirts. it's a fashion show at the at the. Um, <laughs> The West Mifflin Mall. Don't disrespect my mall. A wonderful flooded mall backdrop. You know. First of all, rest in peace. <laughs> Condemned as of last week. Gabe, I can't believe you don't know that that's a thing. I didn't know. I guess, you know. Our good friend, friend Isaiah has modeled yes. in Pittsburgh Fashion Week. Oh, before. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is your sister? No, I don't think so. Okay. I guess she has. She's just yeah. a great job of hiding. Yeah, I actually cause. do. I actually, I do know about it. I was just doing a joke, and I knew about it the whole time. So uh, that totally backfired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really quick, since you guys brought up the uh, fashion industry aspect, I just want to ask you a quick question: How you guys feel about the uh, dude's dress at the? At the Oscars, Billy Porter's gown. Yeah, don't one, don't disrespect yeah, let's him. Not, I'm sorry, I'm not. not I told you, I'm not a fashion. What person. was like such know. an important movement? Like that was the Oscars. I, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to that's know what you what thought about it. That's what we took away from the Oscars. Listen, yeah, Jamal, I know what do you so know about people. fashion? I don't know the difference between a dress and a gown, but what I do know is that it was a big fashion thing, so which is why I'm first asking. off, fun fact about Billy Porter: he went to Pittsburgh Kappa. Shout out Kappa. Yeah, that's my high school. We're essentially best friends. We're related. (laughs) Um, So that's like really cool. But second, I think I was just talking about this the other day that there's such an important movement with clothing not being gender conformative um, that we don't assign items of clothing to a specific gender, um, therefore limiting people's ability to express themselves. Because um, self-expression is so important. And so what Billy Porter did, especially as a queer black man, mm-hmm. took a huge platform, made an incredible statement, and looked good doing it. Yeah. And it was in, like, a respectful... Like, it was just... It wasn't, it wasn't like, a gimmick. It wasn't, like, a... It, yeah. It's, like, just a real yeah. thing. And, like, that was really... I thought that was, like, a really cool dimension of it. It's, like, it was super... And he's not weird. the first one to do it, but yeah, because it was the Oscars... It, but, yeah, yeah. On, on such a, a large scale... Exactly. It was important, and I think it was a statement. Yeah. More than sure. anything. And he was paying homage to someone also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was... And, I mean, that... That's art, you know? Yeah. That was that was him and and Cardi B. <laughs> so if you guys, if, okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna accept that not everyone's a fashion expert. What do you guys think is the entry level nowadays? You know, people artists that you follow that you think are like approachable for people that are interested in fashion. This is definitely a terror question. Yeah. I? Um, <laughs> I, so I I studied fashion before I was really as into art as I am now. I went mm-hmm. to the Art Institute, and um, 
going there, my, my primary interests were Belgian designers. Um, so I was really into Margiela. I think Anne de was my favorite. Um, and, you know, making these artisanal, non-gender conforming pieces. And I think mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky was one of the first ones to All wear yeah. one of those garments. Public. I think he wore Anne de on 106 in Park. And it was a statement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, the consensus, especially back then, more so than right now, because none of us were that woke back in that had to be like 2012 yeah so you know there was a lot of like oh he looks gay and he was like i'm wearing high fashion like there's Mm -hmm. really nothing you can say about me like you can't even pronounce this designer's name (laughs) and you know that's that's all that had to be said about it and you know these designers when, when they're creating these pieces a lot of times they don't have gender in mind you know they're just creating and you know i i think gender is a social construct but you know that's that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, but in terms of accessibility, I think streetwear designers are probably a little bit more accessible because, you know, high fashion is still high fashion. Couture is still couture. And, you know, we, money we is sort still of money. Yeah. And <laughs> we see this sort of parallel now between between streetwear and couture or rather there's trying to be a parallel because they mm-hmm. are seeing the importance of streetwear and, and what it means to align your brand with streetwear and yeah. we see that you know what what Virgil's done with Off-White we saw mm-hmm. what Shane Oliver did for Hood by Air and the phenomenal work he was doing with Helmet Lang I've never loved Helmet Lang as much as I did when Shane Oliver was designing for Helmet Lang mm-hmm. and I don't think we give Shane Oliver enough credit because it's amazing that Virgil is, is in his position you know the first black designer for Louis Vuitton but Shane Oliver was like doing the damn thing before Virgil but that's not to take anything away from Virgil um but I I think social media really helps with accessibility like you can DM a person and sometimes you will get a response um I know our store owner over at social status he's pretty accessible like he will respond to DMs and but will they respond cool. to DMs asking for free fashion? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. That's I, can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Things cost money. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Did you say DMs cost money? No, I said things cost money. Uh, DMs cost money, like, Send too. me the clothes. It's for exposure. I'll wear them and people will hear about you. <laughs> Who are you uh, exposing it to? That's the joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Found all of Gabe's new fashion uh, things on his Finsta account. Um... <laughs> We're gonna take so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, take a look back at it, and you'll find out what we're bringing to the kickback today. The Kickback Project is recorded at the Center for Media Innovation, a laboratory for the future of storytelling, based at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh. Be sure to follow the guys on Instagram and Twitter at Kickback Proj. That's Kickback P R O J. <laughs> Didn't even say anything. Welcome back. Bradley is unprofessional. Um, still understand. We're gonna take a quick look back at it on today's episode. Uh, how you guys feeling? What are you guys thinking? In general, <laughs> uh, I don't want to start. Bradley. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So if I'm gonna look back at it, I think, I think that art has become of the people. You know, art used to be so distant. You know, it did used to be the, just the thing that you went and saw in a museum. 
but more and more people are creating platforms and arenas for people to make art um, and to appreciate new art. Um, and I'm just excited to see like where we as a society move and mm-hmm. how we value art. Um, I'm sick of us continuing to have like these so-and-so point billion dollar art pieces in the museum. I want to give that money to artists of color, you know, who are creating these amazing pieces on the street, you know, like I want to amplify new artists and, and I can't wait to just see that movement take place. You know, I want to see the art renaissance of the 2010s, you know, I want to see where, what happens. Cool. So, yeah. Um, okay, I'll go. Oh, you ready? Uh, You're ready? Yeah. So you just needed to hear yeah. my voice? <laughs> yeah. It's like when it's you just so piggyback. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just a piggyback off of that. So, just yeah. a leapfrog off yeah. of that. This is like a discussion board. This is not a discussion board. Great post, Bradley. Um, I can care. Yeah. I, I'm really, I was happy to have you in here today, Tara. It's awesome to talk about what's going on in Pittsburgh. I'm really uh, looking forward to what happens specifically um, in Pittsburgh locally. I think that Pittsburgh has a lot of room to grow, and I'm excited to hear that. Um, you know, performance art, maybe, you know, even like, you know, high concept stuff is coming to Pittsburgh. I think that they need it. I think there's a lot of voices in Pittsburgh that don't get heard and that that's a great space for it to start. Um, as a person who's always been in the art since a little kid, you know, I love art. Um, I think that it's a great form to express yourself in whatever medium you choose or industry you choose. And I think that, uh, we really need to push, for our kids to be artistic, to be free, and to express themselves in whatever way they feel that they should express themselves. Uh, art is more than a movement to me. You know, it's a way of life, and I think that we need really need to to push that, establish that in our city and just in our world. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm happy to uh, have had an opportunity to discuss my practice. I think that um, Pittsburgh has a, a really great burgeoning arts community right now. I, I think it's growing. We have some incredible people here um, who I'm very grateful to know. Um, people of color, you know, we have uh, Jose Diaz at the Warhol. He's now chief curator there, which is really important. He's doing phenomenal work there. Um, Shai Keith, who is one of my current favorite contemporary artists, he makes a lot of work centered on um, black masculinity and, you know, the black queer experience. Um, and it's it's important. Um, we have a lot of multimedia artists. We have a lot of um, rappers, performers. Um, we have great people here doing great things, and I'm I'm really uh, grateful to be a part of this community. Um, it's dope. I get to do work that I love that aligns with my interests. So awesome! Wow, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so. What are you guys bringing to the kickback? Gabe, we're starting with you since you made <laughs> Honestly, and I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Um, guys, you know, you know, we live in uncertain times. You know, things are pretty crazy out there, but there is, you know, there's hope out here for the future. And, you know, say what you will about him. Maybe you don't like that he's that, you know, that he looks like 
you know, he could kill over any moment. Bernie Sanders is running for president. And oh my God. In order to. <laughs> I know, big news, right? It took you so long. Yeah, it's it's a huge backstory. These setups that, like, mean nothing. <laughs> these setups are so pointless. Um, yeah, so Bernie Sanders is running for president, and I wanted to bring the kickback today. Uh, something that I thought was pretty funny. I didn't wa- <laughs> I, I probably should have watched the interview because I thought it didn't happen yet. But Bernie Sanders went on the Breakfast Club to talk about his campaign. And he was with uh, Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. And, you know, they're just talking about stuff, and he's in that seat. Of the culture, Bernie Sanders is out here doing interviews. I'm wow. having my like the office moment. I stare into the camera and like. Well, I know that Killer Mike is super into politics and Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. and super controversial. Uh, and I think that honestly, Charlemagne is like one of the best people to interview someone. Like yeah. he will ask questions that matter and get to the point where people want yeah. to hear it. Uh, so I think it's a good thing. My, my thought is that this is a smart marketing move because you you want to be on there before they bring you up as part of the news. Get your own voice out before you get like you become a segment. That's important. Hope he's not donkey of the day. That's what that's the goal. No, hopefully. <laughs> that's not that's never the goal. <laughs> it started with Danny DeVito. Now Bernie Sanders on the Breakfast Club. What is next for Bernie? What's who's who's the next celebrity Oprah. that he's gonna work with? Oprah. The Oprah show is You're gonna come Oprah. back. Just for That's Bernie a safe Sanders. bet. Let me be a safe bet. I feel like the last time that we had like in a, a presidential election, obviously, <laughs> um, it was like Bernie and Hillary, right? Those were our like democratic like saviors. Yeah. And now there are so many diverse people of color, younger people. Who will live a little longer? Maybe um, <laughs> that are running on the Democratic ticket, who have announced their presidencies, you know, so or, or their uh, campaigns. So I'm excited to he- to do my research and to go through campaign season. I think it'll kind of be nice not to have to put all my eggs in the Bernie Sanders basket, you know, because yeah, he wasn't a, lot, a perfect presidential a campaign, uh, a pr- perfect presidential candidate. But I did think he was better than Hillary, and now I'm I'm like prepared to like. But does this make it even harder for him now? Oh, for sure, because at least he was better than Hillary, and he still lost. Yeah, because Hillary was Hillary, you the, know, the she's, perfect she's, politician. She's Hillary Clinton, you know. She's just I like was, the perfect. I was, I was like, trying to open a thing here. <laughs> I know everybody. Our right, listeners right, are gonna be like, oh, take a right, side. 20 right, right. Someone break something else. Okay. You snowflakes. Yeah. The worst, worst part of the podcast is over. You guys can... <laughs> We're no longer allowed to bring anything to the kitchen. Tara, what do you bring? Can we replace Gabe with Tara? Did Tara, what get... do you bring into the kitchen? I can't. I, it's too much to focus on politics. My week yeah, has been consumed by Chloe and Tristan and Jordan. That's <laughs> what I want. It's what I've been on. Let's get into it. I've gotten nothing done this week. It's just been refreshing Instagram. I haven't hopped on Twitter, and I don't even be on Twitter. <laughs> she said, I don't even be on Twitter. Yeah. Look, listen, I have done research. What have, what, have, what are your findings? <laughs> protect Jordan Woods. Hashtag yeah, protect to. Jordan Woods. Listen, there are so many people who are coming up and speaking up, even celebrities who are saying, like, the Kardashians have been known to mm-hmm. pick a scapegoat, run them into the ground, and then put a blanket over all their wrongdoings and yeah. keep it pushing. And they're not going to do that to a young 21-year-old black girl. No way. Not with 
Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> having her back. They shut that down yeah. immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I, I watched the Red Table Talk. Uh, everybody knows Jordan Woods went on the... And I was like, why is Jordan Woods going on the Red Table Talk? I had no idea that her... And specifically her family and the Smiths were so close. And that it was Jaden who originally introduced Jordan Woods and Kylie in the first place. Yeah. So, like, their families are extremely close. And she, like, <laughs> she was basically just like, listen, there were, I made, she was like, I made a lot of mistakes. But sleeping with Tristan Thompson wasn't one of them. Sleeping with Tristan Thompson would be a mistake. Not even that good. <laughs> but like that's like she didn't do it. And I believe yeah. her. I believe that it would be really easy, especially as the Kardashian family, to really just like mm-hmm. destroy this woman in yeah. the media. They have the power to do yeah, so. Say, yeah. yeah, they're going to. And also I've always had an issue with like in like cheating things that mm-hmm. like the girlfriend will always hate the side piece, but not her man. Yeah, being a yeah they, oh. where's the blame? Yeah, he, he was so blatant that weekend when everything came out. He was out with another woman, <laughs> and I like applaud the audacity because it's like, right. wow. Yeah, you, sometimes you have to just sit back and be like, you really did that. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. well, I'm always Team Smith, which means that I am Team you yeah, Jordan. Bikes, yeah, are. yeah, and uh, you know, this is just ridiculous. You know, I, I think obviously it's a cry for help. He doesn't want you anymore, Chloe. He's six <laughs> ten. He's not hiding. He's 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 very he's noticeable wherever he goes. Uh, and he's, he's not six ten. Yes, he is. Is he really? I don't think he's six ten. Six nine. He he's a giant. He's not the Undertaker. <laughs> like he's tall. He he is definitely at least six nine. He is. It is noticeable that if he is with any average height female, you can't cheat at that, that height. You, you can't. can't. Yeah. You Even really if, can't. You can't walk through a crowd at that height. Yeah, but no she is way. a she is a young woman. It really should be impossible. Put that on my what is that? My tombstone. Yeah, you can't cheat. cheat at he's this also height. not good at cheating. I mean, if you saw the last time, like he was in a he was just standing in front of windows. I like, would just never that. forgive Chloe for being upset about other side chicks when she was the original side chick. I think Ooh. it's very ironic that Tristan Thompson cheated on his first baby mama whose name was Jordan. They've mm. tried to maintain that they were broken up, but it's like even if they were broken up in the middle of her pregnancy, what does that say about him and the caliber of person he is to opt to not be present for your first child's, you know, mm. de- development, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, so I think that should have been an immediate red yeah. flag, but you know, she wanted her little baby and her little fairy tale, mm-hmm. and you know, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. I'm just saying, if Jordan was going was going to sleep with somebody, it'd be somebody better than him. <laughs> An all-star, at least. And she could do better. Yeah. She could. Proud of her. Proud of her. I hope we're not wrong. Yeah, that's Because I feel yeah, like the last time we talked about we talked about Jesse and it did not go You're right. so right. Yeah, we did talk about that. I so, think yeah. I'm also just maybe a little nervous because Kim Kardashian has been known to provide receipts. Oh, mm. so <laughs> there's information. <laughs> you know, so on. there is still a chance that Kim Kardashian whips something out and is like, "Don't worry, this didn't she happen." She has in Paris. been quiet, so exactly, and she was really quiet when Taylor Swift was running Kanye's name in the ground, and then one day, <laughs> I'm sure after a couple glasses of wine, she said, <laughs> "But even if, even if Jordan slept with him, at the end of the day, Jordan is newly 21." 
She lives a very fast lifestyle. You know, when you're 21, you think you're grown, but you're still very much a child. Tristan is a 27-year-old man, (laughs) and Chloe really ain't have no business running around with him because Chloe's, what, 34? And, you know, they're relatively close in age, but there is a a big difference between 27 and 34. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you should have been prepared for everything that goes along with dating a 27-year-old. A 27-year-old who's pretty prominent in the league Um, and enjoys the company of women. (laughs) Tristan Thompson also has severe father issues ever since LeBron James left the Cavaliers. Oh my God. (laughs) So for me, I'm bringing to the kickback because I need to stop listening to Javon. Um, We had a great New Music Friday Mm -hmm. on March 1st. Um, Queen Solange brought us the 19-track album that we so desperately wanted and revived Black Planet in the same with yeah say, with associated, same breath associated works yeah. hard alongside new it. place to find girls at now yeah she, she essentially saved Black History Month and ushered us in the Women's History Month that and month one, I knew about one one <laughs> final swoop but as great as that album was and we'll get into it because I do want to hear what other people <laughs> think we'll get it um. Another artist provided us with a great album that was very underrated that we were shook on mm-hmm. was Two Chains. Ooh, Hero. Rap Hero. or Go to the <laughs> League. So, guys, what are your thoughts on this new music that's okay. been given to us? I, I opened up Spotify, new Two Chains album, looked at the features, and I was like, whoa, we're bringing something. This is. This is great. Young Thug, yeah. Travis Scott, yeah. Ariana Grande, mm-hmm. which is fresh off of the heels of of two chains accusing her of yeah. taking that concept of the trap house. Oh, they yeah, buried the, that. Yeah, the he's in yeah. he's in the remix. Of now. course they buried the hatchet <laughs> because they gave each other verses for yeah. their music. Uh-huh. Um but he had Chance the Rapper E forty, Chance the Rapper, yeah. Lil Wayne. Um and you like the little Wayne part. Lamar. I did, and I kind of. I'm sorry. I'm on the little little Wayne is washed train. Not washed. You're supposed. He's, to... he's not washed. We we didn't need new Lil Wayne when we got it. Like yeah. we didn't ask for that. It wasn't necessary. But we can't forget what Lil Wayne has contributed to the culture overall. I agree. I it agree. would be like if Michael Jordan came back to play basketball tomorrow, and you expected him to play like he played in the '90s. Little Wayne is not dedication <laughs> yeah, to Little Wayne anymore. If you have a body of work, you just, you know, you do your thing. Everyone knows what to expect. Right, but people are still trying to herald Little Wayne as like king of yeah. of like he's he's in the game now instead of just being like a a legend mm. in the rap game. People well, are like he's the rap game yeah. now. He is teetering the line of being Snoop Dogg. He should just retire. <laughs> I agree. First of all, don't ever shade Snoop Dogg. I'm not like shading that. him, but he's still rapping. Why? Yeah, he doesn't. We don't need new Snoop Dogg. He gave us a gospel album. You guys need to be more grateful. I asked for that. (laughs) Well, Solange, people are saying she also assembled the Avengers on her album with features. I mean, she had Playboy Cardi, um, Pharrell, Gucci, a couple other people I can't think of right now. I think she also had a Travis Scott feature. Maybe not. I must have missed. It would all make of that. sense. I have not given it a thorough listen, but um, he's from Texas also. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting until I can watch the 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 full short film with it. And that's the tea for her to release the the video on Apple Music and not on title. What's <laughs> up, sis? Spill. You know. Listen, you're the only title user left. Like they're just. <laughs> like, 
they were like, mean, you could just email them. <laughs> just like, once, just call the number. Once I heard I didn't need title for 444, I was off that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was like, buy title. I, I wish that I had title only because sometimes I really, really want to listen to Reasonable Doubt and it's not on Apple mm-hmm. Music. But I could download it and put it on yeah. my iTunes. So it's really not that big of a deal. But Kanye, they also have here. like all of Prince's like discography. They're the only people that have it. You know? I forgot I was listening to Prince so much and now, <laughs> oh now I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, no shade to Prince, but I wasn't like listening to Prince songs all the time. What are you bringing to the kickback? Because yeah, now you're making yeah, it. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to bring to the kickback really quick. The Mass Singer. Uh, <laughs> if you if you don't know, if you didn't watch, We're following the saga, <laughs> T Pain was the talking monster. About this for My weeks. friend was just telling me yeah. about this. He like watched it with his mom. <laughs> I was like, T-Pain we've been talking about the, the, the Mass Singer for a minute. Uh, yeah. I just want everybody to know from the first episode that the monster premiered, I told Javon, what did I say? You said it was T-Pain. And what did you say? It was Drom. But that wasn't a bad guess. But how did he, was it Gladys Knight that he? Gladys, Gladys yeah. Knight. How? And, uh, have, how did he beat her? It was just a better performance. So not necessarily a better singer. What happens is, is the audience, their studio audience votes. And Gladys Knight, I mean is a legend is an icon but these young kids don't know nothing about that you know i mean throughout the whole season he did have the better body of work than anyone he definitely did i'm impressed i honestly thought the lion was going all the way for it i should have known the lion was rumor willis because i've watched the empire episodes with her in it and i did know that she could sing Spoilers. i knew she could sing but i didn't Spoiler know who she was singer. when i was watching <laughs> When I was watching Empire, I didn't even know the, who she was. The one person who didn't watch it was like, come on. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, just, Bradley, you won the bet. You're Thank right. You. I woke up. What, I didn't even watch the this, episode so, that I premiered, but I woke up to a dollar Venmo from Javon that said. One dollar. I bet a dollar. One dollar that said. <laughs> it just said T-Pain. And I'm like, is he calling me T-Pain? What happened? Does he know T-Pain? Like, what's going on? And I looked on Twitter, and Twitter spoiled it for me. But it was okay because I already knew. Like, I had already known. Congratulations, T-Pain. You can sing. Anyone who's been hating on you, forget them. Period. Period. Wow. But um, (laughs) as we wrap it up, Tara, you want to let the world know what's going on, let them know how they can follow you or what, you know, whatever you want to do. I'm pretty active on Instagram. My Instagram is Ms. Tara Faye. I don't really have any forthcoming events we'll have something at social status for the gallery crawl which will be in april so that's next month and Um, this is the social status downtown yes i'm working out of the downtown location now so that's where everyone can find me um oh i want to shout out Camara, I, I think I, I mentioned Shy Keith and Jose because I just happened to be thinking about them. But Camara, Wavy Wednesday, she launched a Kickstarter to move her show Protect Black Women to New York. She exhibited it here in Pittsburgh. I was fortunate enough to help her be able to produce it. And now she's like surpassed her goal. So we get to go to New yes. York and like show her work. And it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, she's definitely another one of my favorite local contemporary artists her work is you know really incredible um and I'm, I'm so happy that i was able to connect with her so yeah shout out wavy wednesday always i'm such a stan <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. great well on behalf of the kickback project we want to thank you tara for coming in 
kicking it with us. And we thank, thank you, guys you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, so thanks for kicking it with us. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to The Kickback Project with Gabe Ackman, Bradley Hill, and Javon House with producer Chris Seeky. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at kickbackproj. That's kickback, P-R-O-J. Be sure to tune in next week and every week for a new episode. See you guys. Thank you.